KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. KMTT, the Torah podcast. Today is Tuesday, Shur in Parshat HaShavua. Shur Parshat HaShavua will be given this week as usual by Harav Chanoch Waxman. This week's Parsha, Parshat Mitzorah, opens as follows. Perak Yudalad, Pasuk Aleph, and Sefer Beikra. Ve'idabar Hashem HaMashel Emor, God spoke to Moshe. Zotiyah Torah Tamad Torah, Biyom Daharato. This is the Torah, let us translate this as, this is the procedure for the Mitzorah, for the one suffering from, suffering from Torah, Biyom Daharato, on the day that he becomes Tahor. Buvayla Kohen, and he shall be brought to the Kohen. And then what happens, the Torah begins to outline the details. Pasuk Gimel, V'yatzah Kohen on the Chutz Lamachaneh. The Kohen goes out to the outside of the Machaneh, where the sufferer of Tarat is located. Vira'a Kohen, and the Kohen sees, Vininir Pahanega HaTarat Minatzaruah, and the Tarat is healed, etc., etc. The Torah here uh, begins to outline the process and the procedure of Tarat HaMetzorah, the purification process uh, for the Metzorah. And in point of fact, uh, these laws of the purification process uh, for the Metzorah take up uh, more or less all of Perak Yudalid here at the beginning of Parashat Mitzorah, whether it be the purification from Tarat Adam, uh, the Tarat of the person, or the purification from Tarat Habayit, um, from the uh, Tarat of the house. And in point of fact, uh, this more or less makes up the bulk, or the major bulk, of Parashat Mitzorah. And what I would like to focus on is a kind of interesting detail of this purification process and an interesting parallel uh, that this detail creates for us uh, with another procedure found in Sefer Payikra. So I would like to move a bit ahead in the text to Perak Yudalid, Pasuk Yud, uh, where the Torah outlines for us what happens on the eighth day uh, of the purification process of the Mitzorah. And in Perak Yudalid, Pasuk Yud, the Torah says as follows. And on the eighth day, uh, the sufferer from Taras will take two kfasim, whole without blemish, and an additional keves that is one year old and perfect, and three measures of fine flour soaked in oil, and uh, some additional materials. And then what happens? Well, Pasukir Aleph, and then the Kohen stands or places the individual who is mitaher, who is about to become pure. Um, and where is this? So in fact, on the eighth day at the apogee, uh, as the culmination of the process of Tara, uh, the one who has suffered from Tara comes with his karbanot and a few other accoutrements to the petach olamoed, and he is standing there or greeted there by the Kohen. Now what happens? Well, uh, there are uh, carbonate that are brought, and one of the kfasim is slaughtered. And then in um, Pasuk Yudalad, we uh, encounter a very interesting detail. Um, what is done with the blood of the keves that has been brought as an asham korban? Perak Yudalad, Pasuk Yudalad says as follows. V'lakach ha-kohen midam ha-asham, and the kohen takes from the blood of the asham korban, the sin offering of asham. V'natana kohen al tnuch and he places some of the blood on the tnucha ozen, the outer ridge of the ear of the person who is about to become pure, of his right ear, in fact. 
And also additionally on the thumb of his right hand, and in addition, on the big toe of uh, the mitaher's right foot. Now, these details are, are, are rather bizarre, and this is a rather arcane procedure. Um, but even without going into the inner meaning of this procedure, uh, the symbolism of the procedure, or how it is this procedure of the placing of the dam on the tznucha ozen, on the outer ridge of the right ear, helps achieve tara, um, this verse, Perikudalad, Paskudalad, should remind us of uh, another occurrence of a highly and very, very similar procedure, also found here in Sefer Vayikra. And what I have in mind is to turn back to the moment to Perikhet of Vayikra, the chapter 8, uh, where there the Torah describes for us um, the procedure done to the Kohanim, uh, to all of the Kohanim, to Aaron the Kohen Gadol and the other Kohanim, uh, during the Yemei HaMiluim, during the days of instantiation, during the days of induction. And there we find in Perkhet Pasak Kafbet of Sefer Vayikra, Vayikrav et ha'ayel hasheni, ayel hamiluim, and then Moshe brought as a korban the second ram that Aaron and his sons had brought with them, the ayel hamiluim, uh, the the ayel of fulfillment or of filling, of instantiation, of induction in the metaphoric sense. V'ismichu Aaron v'navet dedem arosh ayel, and Aaron and his sons did smicha upon the head of the ram, and then what happens? Perkhet Pasak Kaf Gimel, Moshe slaughtered it, and he took from his blood. Moshe took some of the blood from the korban and he placed it on the outer ridge of the right ear of Aaron, and then on the thumb of the right hand of Aaron, and then on the um, large toe of the right foot of Aaron, and then uh, immediately afterwards, regarding Aaron's son. Sons in Pasuk Kavdalad, Vayakrev, Etzbenei Aaron, Vayitain Moshe ben Adam, Altenuch Aznam, on the outer ridge of their ears, Hayamanit, the right one, Vabo and Yadam Hayamanit, and on, etc., etc. So a very similar procedure is carried out upon Aharon and his sons during the Meha Miluim. The blood of the Ayel Hamiluim is placed on the outer ridge of their right ear, and on uh, the thumb of their right hand, and on the large toe of their right foot. And the question is, I think, what exactly is the point of this parallel? Or what is the point of the near identity or the identity in procedure between the mitzorah, the one suffering from tzorat on the one hand, uh, and the kohen and the kohen gadol on the other hand? If we think about it, um, the, the one suffering from tzorat is to some extent the ultimate case of of Tumah. Uh, he is, so to speak, um, the, the lowest rung on the social ladder. He has been cast out of the Machaneh, he sits alone, and now he just returns, and this is his procedure. Yet, on the other hand, the Kohanim and the Kohen Gadol, especially during the Shivat Yamei HaMiluim, the seven days of induction, they represent the, the highest rung uh, of the social ladder, the, the apogee of the pyramid of Kali Yisrael, and the overlap here, or the parallel of procedure uh, in the two cases, is certainly highly interesting and requires some explanation. Um, now, we might say, um, as part of a, a beginning uh, to approaching this question of, of the parallel between the procedure of the Isha Mitzarat, the one who is engaged in a purification process from Tzarat on the one hand, 
and uh, the Kohanim during the Shabbat Yemei on the other hand, uh, we might say that there exists to some extent a, a possible simple solution to this problem. Um, if we go back to Perak Yudalid, um, Pasuk Yud Aleph, perhaps the uh, language of the text can lead us in a particular direction here. Perak Yudalid, Pasuk Yud Aleph, uh, says as follows again, so the Kohen places the man who is mitaher uh, at the petach o'el mo'ed. Um, the one who is becoming uh, pure, or the one who is going to be pure. Apparently, when the Torah a few verses later outlines the placing of the blood on the ridge of the ear and in the other places upon the body, this would seem to be part of uh, the procedure for taratagavra, for the purification of an individual. Uh, the meaning of the procedure would seem to be is that somehow this is the way that a man, an individual, a person becomes tahar. It takes place at petach o'el mo'ed and it involves placement of blood in a particular place. And this is the idea here. This is a tarata adam, the purification of an individual, and that is the idea here. Now, um, we may be inclined to say that something quite similar is going on in the case of Aaron and his sons back in Perakot during the Mehami Luim. This is a procedure of Tarat Adam. They are located, of course, in the same exact place at Petach al and then blood from their Korban is placed on the same places in their bodies, and there's this general idea of Tarat Adam in both cases. And therefore, um, this might be the explanation of the parallel between the two instances. Now, while I think this is uh, appealing on some level, at the same time, as I've kind of hinted, I, I think it is uh, problematic to some extent, or not fully satisfying to some extent. And, and the way to realize that is, once again, to go back and understand who the Mitzorah is and, and what the Mitzorah uh, is really all about. Um, for example, to go back to the end of the description of Torah found in the Torah, to Perak Yudgimel, Pasuk Memdala, there we encounter a few Pesukim that... Uh, may be considered as kind of summary verses to the whole story of Tzarat Adam, And what we're told there in Perkut Gimel, Pasuk Memdalad, is as follows. Ish Tzaroa, who, this man who manifests these symptoms, is considered suffering from Tzarat. Tamehu, he is defiled. Tamei Tamenu HaKohen, the Kohen should declare him as defiled. Barosho Nig'o, he has an affliction uh, or a nega upon his head. Pasuk Mem, hey, what happens to this man after he is declared as defiled and suffering from Tzarat? And the one suffering from Tzarat who has the affliction upon him, his clothes are rent, his clothes are torn, and his head should be unkempt, and he covers his face. Um, he is called out as being defiled. All the days that the affliction is upon him, he is considered he sits alone outside of the camp. In these very few verses, we have the idea of it called out that the man is Tameh, he is a public outcast. The word defiled Tameh is mentioned seven times. He is thrown out, he is cast out of the Machaneh, and the word, in addition, that appears over and over here is the idea of Nega. And Nega, of course, connotes a Makkeh min Shamayim. Um, od nega achat avia paro, uh, Hashem says to Moshe, lefnei makak b'chorot, nega is the touch of God, uh, which renders the man punished, renders him an outcast, and renders him, um, as a public shame. So, if so, um, no one is more in need of tahara, in need of purification, uh, than, than the isha tzaroa, than the one who suffers from tzarat. 
He is, in the language of the text of the Chumash, almost is the ultimate case of degradation, defilement, who has been smitten by God and, and cast out. And of course, he requires a procedure of Tarat Adam. But this is not at all the case in regards to the Kohanim during the Shivat Yamei HaMilu'im. The Kohanim are not Tamei. They are not defiled. They have not sinned. They have not been singled out by God. They have not been cast out of the Machanah. There is no sense that they are in need of this deep and fundamental process of Torah. And if so, there's a kind of disjunct between the two cases. I think it's difficult to just think of standing at Petach Ol Moed and having blood dabbed on different places of the body, beginning with the ridge of the uh, outer ridge of the right ear, as a process of Tarat Adam, uh, which is applicable to both the case of the Kohen and, and the Mitzorah, because, in fact, the cases are not really uh, identical. Um, maximally, what we could say is that perhaps there is a general notion of a process of personal sanctification, of a process of personal elevation. It's not purification uh, per se, it's not Tara per se, but it's a generalized notion of elevation, sanctification, and kedusha, And as such, therefore, this procedure of petach o moed and the blood upon the outer ridge of the right ear and the other places is applicable both in the case of the mitzorah and also in the case of uh, the kohen and the kohenim and the kohen gadol during the shivat yameyam because they both engage in a process of personal elevation. Um, well, uh, perhaps on some level this is correct, I think uh, there is something still missing here, something else which we need to, to truly understand the parallel uh, between the two cases. And I would like to outline uh, a bit of an alternative approach uh, to understanding the parallel between the procedure done for the Mitzvah as part of its purification process and the procedure done for the Kohen and the Kohanim, Kohen Gadol and the Kohanim during the Yimei HaMiloim as part of their induction, dedication, and sanctification process. And to do so, I'd like to widen the frame of our discussion uh, until this point and to take up um, a bit of a, a general question regarding Sefer Vayikra and perhaps even regarding the, the Chumash uh, in general. What I mean by this is as follows. Um, as is well known, the Torah is composed of, of legal portions, halacha, uh, laws, and it is also composed of, of narrative, of stories, law and narrative. And in fact, uh, at some point, we may think of the uh, Torah as a kind of checkerboard or as an alternating, alternating stream of narrative and law. Uh, sometimes uh, there is narrative and sometimes there is law, and sometimes there is law and sometimes there is narrative. And often, the various different types of segments of the Torah um, uh, alternate. Now, of course, one of the crucial questions to ask uh, uh, is uh, the relationship between uh, a segment of law, a segment of halacha found in the Torah, and the narrative portions uh, surrounding it, uh, or more specifically, the narrative portion uh, preceding it. Um, because as Chazal taught us in asking the question of ma'inyan ze'etzelzeh, what is this doing near this, um, we expect some sort of logical connection or thematic connection between a particular uh, piece of narrative um, and a particular piece of legal text uh, found in the Torah, especially when the two come next to each other, one following the other. Um, now, if we turn uh, uh, back to our particular case and discussion today of the beginning of Prashat Mitzorah 
and the purification process of the sufferer from tzara'at. Uh, in point of fact, um, these laws of the mitaher, uh, of the one who comes to be purified of tzara'at, are part of a, a larger corpus of laws uh, relating to Tumah and Tara, uh, a larger group of laws, uh, a segment of the Torah, that might be said to begin um, more or less about the middle of Parshat Shmini, uh, and in fact concludes uh, two and a half Parshat later, the rest of Shmini, all of Tazria, and all of Mitzorah, at the end of Parshat Mitzorah, uh, there is, in fact, a kind of legal segment of the Torah, about two and a half parashiot long, more or less concerned with the laws of Tumah v'tara, and our segment, Perak Yudalit, is, in fact, uh, somewhere in the middle of it. And now, it's worthwhile uh, to outline um, this larger segment uh, of the Torah concerned with Tumah v'tara at this point, and we may say that it more or less concerns, uh, uh, it, is cons- it is consists of, of four different subsections, or four different uh, segments. Uh, first, um, the uh, the the uh, but it first begins with um, the laws of uh, Machlot Asurot, and if we go back to the moment uh, to Parshat Shmini, um, well, actually, let's go back even a little bit further uh, in Parshat Shmini um, to the key events of Parshat Shmini, Yom Shmini, and the death of Nadav Avihu, which is of course the central narrative portion of Parshat Shmini. Now, in the aftermath of the death of Nadav Avihu, um, there is this discussion between Moshe and the remaining Kohanim, uh, where Moshe demands to know what was done with the various karbanot chatat, with the various sin offerings that had to be brought upon that day. And towards the end of Perak Yud, Moshe chastises um, Aaron and his sons upon how they have treated one of the Kabanot Chatat, apparently they seem to have burnt it, and Moshe used this as the incorrect action to have taken uh, with the Kabanot Chatat. And at the very end of Perak Yud, we read of Aaron's response uh, to Moshe's criticism. In Perak Yud, Pasuk Yutet, we're told as follows, Ve'idaber Aaron el Moshe, Hein hayom hekrivu et chatatam, vet olatam lufnei Hashem, vatikrena oti ka'ela, Today, I, Aaron, personally brought the chatat and the olah, and then all of this happened to me, i.e. the death of Nadav Aviyu, v'achalti chatat hayom, and it's unclear how to translate this, and I did eat the chatat, or if I would have eaten the chatat, ha'itav b'nei Hashem, v'yishmo Moshe v'yitav b'einav, um, and Aaron asked, would this be good in the eyes of God? And then Moshe heard this, but it was good in his eyes, and he, so to speak, accepted Aaron's response. And whatever the sikhsuch, whatever the conversation, uh, whatever the halachic debate between Moshe and Aaron regarding the chatat was, simply put, that is not relevant to us right now. This is the end, the termination of the narrative of the death of Nadav Aviyu. Uh, there is this discussion following between Aaron and Moshe about the disposal of the chatat, and the narrative portion of Yom HaShmini ends... Um, we reach Parakid Aleph. Now at that point, the Torah moves over to this larger corpus of Tumah v'tara, and it runs as follows. Parakid Aleph, Pasuk Aleph. Vayidab Hashem HaMashe V'Alaron Le'mor Alehem. Vayidab Hashem HaMashe V'Alaron Le'mor Alehem. And God spoke to Moshe and Aaron, say to them, Daber al-Bnei Yisrael, speak to the Bnei Yisrael, Zot ha-chaya asher tochlu mikol ha-behema asher ala aretz, these are the animals that you should eat from everything that is upon the ground, upon the land. Kol mafreset parsa, anything that has hooves, vishosat shesa, and they are split. 
Prasot Malei Geirab, In short, the remainder of Parshat Shmini is a segment of law regarding Machlot Asrot, what can be eaten, what cannot be eaten, in the language of the text here, regarding the laws of Tumah v'tara, or behemat and behemat tara, the pure and the impure uh, behemot, those which can be eaten, those which cannot be eaten. And this first segment of laws v'tumah v'tara runs more or less from about the middle of uh, Parshat Shemini until the end of uh, Parshat Shemini. This brings us to the second segment, the second section of laws of Tumah v'tara, that which begins more or less about the beginning of Parshat Tazriah. And these, of course, are the laws of Tumat Yoledet, the defilement of the woman who has given birth, and the Tara procedure and the purification process of this woman. And this occurs, uh, this segment is found at the beginning of Parshat Tazriah, from uh, Perak Yudbet Pasuk Aleph through about Perak Yudbet Pasuk Chet. Following this, we encounter a third segment of law relating to the laws of Tumat Yoledet, and I, of course, have in mind the laws of Tzarat, uh, including the Tara procedure from Mitzorah. And this takes up the remainder of Pashat Tazriah, and in fact, uh, the bulk of Pashat Mitzorah. And finally, um, again, one more time, Tumah Vitara, one last time, a fourth segment relating to Tumah Vitara, the laws of Zav and Zavah, those suffering from emissions, including the laws of Nida, which are found in Perak Tetvav, um, which more or less rounds out the corpus of Parshat Mitzorah. To put this together, we have a lengthy section of law consisting of four subsections regarding Tumah Vitara. And the question is, what is the connection uh, or the meaning of the juxtaposition of this large corpus of laws of Tumah Vitara next to Yom Hashmini, next to the deaths uh, of Nadav Aviyu? And it's this question of Smichuta Parshiot, they would like to uh, take up a little bit at this point. Um, now, uh, the key to the solution uh, to this structural issue here in the middle of Sefer Vayikra uh, might lie in some very interesting psukim found near the end of the various segments um, that I've outlined of the corpus of laws of Tumah Vitara. Uh, to be more precise for us at this point, uh, the summary psukim found at the end of uh, segment three, the laws of Tzarat, and the summary psukim found at the end of uh, segment one, the laws of Machlot Asrot, of the Behemat Tmei'ah and the Behemat Tara, the Tamei and the Tahar animals. So let us pick it up in Perak Yudalid, Pasuk Nun Dalid. Um, near the very end of the lengthy segment in the Torah concerning Tzarat. Perakudalid, Pasuk Nundalid, says as follows. Zot HaTorah, this is the procedure, uh, a reference to the Torah procedure, or these are the laws. L'chol nega ha-tzarat velanetik. For every uh, affliction of Tzarat and other type of lesion. L'tzarat ha-beged velabayit, and for the Tzarat of the house and for the clothing. Vilaset, vilasapachat, vilabaharet, and for these other types of lesions. And here, Pasuk Nunzayin, the last verse of the segment, Lahorot, biyom hatame uviyom hatahor, zotorat hatzarat. Lahorot, and to show, or perhaps more accurately, and to teach, um, uh, on the day of Tumavitara, uh, and to show and to teach on the day when it is decided, 
whether the person is Tameh Tahar or whether the object is Tameh Tahar or on the day when the person becomes Tahar from being Tameh, Zotara Tatsarat. So there's a reference here to the idea of Hora'ah, teaching, showing. Um, and there's also a reference here to the idea of Tameh and Tahar. And these, of course, are ideas that are connected up with the function of the Kohen. Um, it is the Kohen who makes the decision, it is the Kohen who observes, and it is the Kohen who is, of course, instrumental in the showing teaching, and of course in the Torah procedure, without revisiting uh, the lengthy descriptions of the Kohen's role found in the Psukim throughout Perakud Dalit. Um, now, this is interesting in its own right, but it connects up to something back at the end of what I referred to as segment one of the laws of Tumah Torah, the first uh, subsection, the laws concerning the Beima Torah and the Beima Tmeah, and there at the end of that section, at the very end of uh, Parashat Shmini, uh, in Perak Yud Aleph, Pasuk Memvav, we read as follows. Um, Zot Torah Tabehema, again the word Torah meaning law or procedure, Torah Habehema Va'of V'chol Nefesh Chaya Ha'omeset Bamayim. This is the law or the procedure of the, the animal and the bird, V'chol Nefesh Chaya, and every living thing Ha'omeset Bamayim that crawls in the water, V'chol Nefesh Ha'sharetzet Ala'aretz, and every other thing that moves upon the ground. L'havdil, Bein HaTameh U Bein HaTahor to divide between the Tameh and the Tahor, between the pure and the impure. U Bein HaChaya HaNechel to Bein HaChaya HaShalotechel and between the animal which is eaten and the animal which should not be eaten. The language here is Lahavdil Bein HaTameh U Bein HaTahor to differentiate, to distinguish between the pure and the impure. And if we put this all together, um, the picture here is Lahorot teaching regarding Tameh and Tahor, and also Lahavdil ben Tameh v'Tahor, to distinguish or differentiate between Tameh and Tahor. Now, why is this crucial? Why is this important? And how does this language help us with our question of the Smikut Parashiyot, the juxtaposition of the segment of law of Tumah v'Tahor on the one hand, and the story of the death of Nadav Avihu on the other hand? Well, I think if we go back to some very interesting psukim found uh, smack in the middle of the aftermath of the death of Nadav Aviyu, I think the connection uh, should become clear. Um, almost immediately after uh, the death of Nadav Aviyu, back in Parashat Shemini, after the bodies uh, have been disposed of, God speaks to Aharon. And uh, after forbidding the consumption of alcohol, uh, God said, upon entering the Kodesh, God says something very important in Parakyut Pasuk Yud. Ulahavdil ben hakodesh uben hachol. What the Kohen should do, besides not drinking alcohol upon entering the Kodesh, ulahavdil ben hakodesh uben hachol, he should differentiate between that which is Kodesh, that which is holy, uben hachol, and that which is not holy, uben hatameh uben hatavor, and between the pure and the impure. And not just that he should differentiate between the Kodesh and Chol and the Tameh and the Tahar, but also, Pasigur Aluf, Ulhorot et Bnei Yisrael et Kol Achukim Asher Diber Hashem Aleyhem Biyad Moshe, and to teach, to instruct Bnei Yisrael all of the laws that God spoke to them uh, through Moshe. In other words, here, in the immediate aftermath uh, of the death of Nadavihu, God outlines a very crucial function, perhaps the proper function, of Kohanim and what Kuna is all about. There is a function of distinguishing and differentiating between Tumah V'tara, between Kodesh and Chol. There is a function of teaching the laws of Tumah V'tara to B'nai Yisrael. And um, this, of course, 
parallels what we find later throughout the parshiot of Tumah v'tara, throughout the remainder of Shmini, throughout Tazriah, and throughout Mitzorah. You have the Kohen observing, distinguishing, differentiating, deciding on the difference between Tumah v'tara. We find the Kohen being Moreh. We find the Kohen teaching and instructing Am Yisrael in the laws. And they are required to instruct them in all of these laws. The laws of Tumah v'tara of Machot Asrot, the laws of Tumah v'tara of the Yoledet, the laws of Tumah v'tara of Tzarat, and of course the laws of Tumah v'tara of the Zav and the Zavah. On the simple level, we might say that uh, the connection between the death of Nadavah on the one hand, and the corpus of the laws of Tumah Vatara, on the other hand, is that in the aftermath of the death of Nadaviyu, God instructs Aaron regarding this observing, distinguishing, deciding, teaching function of Kohanim, and the remaining parshiot, or the continuing parshiot of the remainder of Shmini, Tazriyam, and Torah, are examples of all of this. It is about this role of the Kohen in distinguishing, differentiating, teaching laws of Tumah Vatara, and that is the connection, the explanation of of the relation between the narrative and the law here. However, as I hinted a moment ago, I think this is all true, uh, but there's in fact a, this is so far the simple level, and there's in fact a, a deeper uh, connection here uh, between this function of kuna on the one hand and um, the death of Nadav Abihu on the other hand. If you go back to uh, the death of Nadav Abihu itself for the moment, Sukim that describe it, I would like to emphasize a point that I hinted at a few weeks ago. In Perak Yud, Pasuk Aleph, um, the Torah tells us as follows, And B'nei Aron, the sons of Aron, took each man, his firepan, apparently his own personal possession, not part of uh, perhaps the, the normal stock of kilim held in the Mishkan. He took his firepan, and they put it in fire, and they placed upon it incense, and they brought in front of God a, a foreign fire that, that they had not been commanded uh, to bring. Perhaps one should deduce here that the sin of Nadav Avihu is rooted in this idea of Ishmach Tato, uh, their personal desire for their personal avodah. Um, not that which God commanded, but Nadav Avihu were interested in avodat Hashem, in the spiritual quest. They took each man his own fire pan, and at this holy moment they brought a fire that had not been commanded by God, and it was exactly for this that they were punished. In other words, on some level, we might say that Nadav Avihu operate with a fundamental misunderstanding of what Kuna is all about. For them, priesthood is about coming close to God. It is about the spiritual quest. It is about bringing the Torah on the holiest possible day at the holiest possible moment. But in fact, exactly the opposite is true. Kuna is not about Asher Lotzivahotam, that which they were not commanded to, but it is about Asher Tzivahotam. It is about the Kohen playing this role of teacher, of distinguisher, of observer, of divider between Tumah and Tahara, and of teaching these laws 
uh, to Bnei Israel, and on some level, the entire following material, the outlining of this proper functioning of Kuna, of the distinguishing, uh, the differentiating, the teaching, the Tumah V'tara, um, this is really the counter to the attitude of Adam towards what Kuna is all about, and the speech of God to Aaron and the following material are meant uh, to provide a more deeper and proper understanding of what Kuna Yisrael is on some level all about. Okay. Um, now, I would like to add one last additional point and an additional level, something which I think will finally bring us back to uh, the problem we began with, the parallel between uh, the process of the Mitzorah mitaher of the impure person, the Mitzorah, uh, who is now becoming, who now becomes uh, Tahar on the one hand, and the Kohen and the Kohanim uh, uh, during the Shivat Yimeham Milim on the other hand, because this is still a point we need to come back to. Um, so, let us take again uh, a look at the end of one of those subsections of Tumavatara, and what I have in mind is the end of uh, the first section, the very end of Parshat Shmini. Um, where Hashem sums up uh, the laws of Beimat Me'ah V'tahara, the laws of Machlot Asurot. Um, now, in fact, um, in reading the verses before and talking about Tumah V'tahara, I did not really start at the um, beginning of the summary verses. Uh, these summary verses might uh, be said to actually begin in Perkut Aleph Pasuk Mem Gimel or Mem Dalet, and let us pick it up in Perkut Aleph Pasuk Mem Gimel. Do not make yourselves or souls or spirits uh, disgusting or defiled with all of the creepy crawling things. Do not become defiled by them. And you would become defiled by them. Well, why not? Because I am the Lord your God. And you should sanctify yourselves. And you should be holy. Ki kadosh ani, because I am holy. And therefore, do not defile yourselves with all of the creepy crawling things that move upon the earth. And again, why? And I'm one who took you out of Egypt to be the Lord your God, and you should be holy because I am holy. The general picture here is that God is kadosh. And there devolves uh, an obligation upon the members of Klai Yisrael to also be Kadosh. And this is what might be thought of as the religious obligation of imitatio dei, uh, literally meaning uh, the emulation of God's ways, or to be like God. And by being like God in this way, if such a thing is even possible, one cultivates a relationship with God. One stands in a relationship of Kedusha with God by being Kadosh, or attempting to be Kadosh in the way that God is Kadosh. And what is the key to all this? Tumavitara properly keeping the laws of Tumah V'tara, of differentiating between the Behemat and the Behemat is the key to this relationship of Kedusha uh, with God. Now, this brings us back to Psukim that we already read before, here in Parak Yud Aleph, Pasuk Mem Vav, again, Zot Torah Ta'beimah Va'ov Kol Nefesh Chayav Ramesset Vamayim L'Chol Nefesh Sharetzet Ala'aretz this is the, the laws of the Behemat and the Of, etc. And then the key terms that we've discussed already, Pasuk Mem Zayin, Lahavdil, to differentiate between the pure and the impure, the Tameh and the Tahar, etc. I would argue that the Kohen's role of differentiating, distinguishing, 
dividing, and teaching the laws of Tamei Bitara is essential in helping all of the individual people and all of the Am achieve this level of Kedusha. It is through their learning by means of the Kohanim, the proper laws, and through their differentiating in the proper way, that they become Kadosh, they become like God, and they um, cultivate this Kedusha relationship with God. And that is the purpose of this role of Kuna, so to speak, to elevate not so much the Kohen himself, but all of the people to achieve a relationship of Kedusha with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now, um, the language here that we are using at this moment, um, Kedusha, Kuvna, all of this cannot really uh, but fail to bring up to, uh, bring to our minds, a, a, or to remind us of a particular pasuk in the Torah, one which is found shortly before Mamad Har Sinai, before the revelation of the Ten Commandments, one which might be thought of as describing the entire purpose uh, of the Torah. Um, and of course, I have in mind Shmot Perkitet Pasuk Vav, a famous pasuk which says as follows, Vatem Tiyu Li Mamlechet Konim V'gai Kadosh. The purpose of the Brit with God and the purpose of keeping the Torah is that the nation should become a Mamlechet Konim, a nation of priests, and a Gai Kadosh, and a holy nation. The idea is, is that somehow or another the people are supposed to become uh, priests and Kadosh. And I think uh, on some level, what Vayikra is flushing out for us is, well, how does this all happen? This all happens through the instrument of the Kohanim themselves. It is the Kohanim by differentiating, dividing, by teaching the laws of Tumah Vitara. That is the key to every individual member of Klai Yisrael becoming Kadosh, by keeping the overall laws of Tumah Vitara. And of course, when the individual members of uh, Klai Yisrael keep the laws of Tumah Vitara and become Kadosh, they become a Mamlechet, or they become a Gai Kadosh, they effectively become, on some level, Kohanim themselves. They become like Kohanim, they become Kohanim Kedoshim as an Am, as much as they can, uh, through the instrumentation or through the instrument of uh, the clan of Kohanim uh, and their proper function. Uh, now, to put this all together and to come back to our point, uh, earlier on, uh, at the beginning of this year, we were struck by the almost bizarre parallel between the purification process of the Mitzrah on the one hand, that the person who is Achitameshayesh, the one who is the most defiled, who is cast out, he comes to Petach al-Mo'ed, and he has this procedure of the blood placed upon him in certain places, upon the outer ridge of the right ear, upon the thumb, upon the foot, and this somehow parallels the instantiation, the induction of the Kohanim and the Kohen Gadol in the Shivak Yemei the holiest people at the holiest time and the holy place, in the holiest place. And what is the connection between the two of them? And I think perhaps we finally unpacked what the connection is. Because the proper function of the Kohen is to elevate the individual member of Am Yisrael. It is to distinguish, to differentiate, to teach Chumah Vitara, to teach Kedusha, to make each and every individual into a kind of quasi-Kohen, or a Ke'ilu Kohen, or someone who is similar to Kohanim. And therefore, by no surprise, we find that the purification process of the Mitzorah his being brought back into the people involves him being brought into Ol Moed and being treated or given a procedure exactly like that of the Kohanim and the Kohen Gadol in the Shivat Yamiha Me'iluim when they are inducted into the Holy Service of God because being a member of Mamlech Kohanim Begai Kadosh is quite similar to being one of the Kohanim or even the Kohen Gadol during the Shivat Yamiha Me'iluim and perhaps this explains the parallel that we began with.